I could keep going with that. Amen. I mean, whoo. Thank you, Lord. You lose some people along the way, but you keep the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, I want to welcome all of the visitors. If this is your first time here to Living Waters Chapel, welcome. Um, I hope you're enjoying yourself and uh, you're going to get some good word tonight. Amen. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, open them up to Psalm 103. We'll start in verse 1. Oh, I felt the fire of the Holy Ghost all day as we were leading up to this service. So at the end, so usually what I do, um, you know, unless the Holy Ghost directs otherwise, but usually what I do, we do praise and worship. We get into the Word, and then at the end, um, when I dismiss, you can come up and we'll start praying for people. Amen? It's important. Praise and worship is very important. It opens the hearts of the people. Amen? It puts you into the presence of God. And, and honestly, like I said, some people get healed without even getting prayed over by anyone. Amen? And then hearing the Word, you've got to hear the Word. Amen? we got to know some things from the Word of God if you're going to tap into the power of God. Amen? So let's do this. Psalm 103, verse, uh, verses 1 through 5. Let's take a look at Bless the Lord, O my soul. I saw a lot of blessing going on tonight toward the Lord. Amen? And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not some of His benefits. What? Oh, all of His benefits. Oh, wow. Okay, all right. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction... Who crowns your loving kindness with tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, go with me. Go down the road to the New Testament to Matthew chapter 8 real quick. I'm positioning us on the runway so we can take off. Amen? You got a taxi on the runway before you take off. Or else you're in violation. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, Matthew chapter 8. Let's look at verses 16 and 17 here. Very popular passage when it comes to divine healing. All right. When evening had come, they brought to him, to Jesus, many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed some who were sick. What? 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 Oh, my. Oh, okay. He healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Now, I want to tell you something real quick here. You, if, you, if you are here, you're looking for a healing. You've got to understand something right now. If you have a sickness, disease, an infirmity, a bondage in your life, the first thing you need to know is that it's not from God. Amen? Amen. It is not from God. It's from the enemy. Amen? Amen? Stop getting angry at God and start directing that anger to where it really belongs, to the kingdom of darkness. If you will make that shift to where that anger belongs, you might see some uh, results come forth. Amen? Our Heavenly Father, listen to this. Our Heavenly Father sent Jesus to this earth to take the curse off of your life, not to put it back on your life. Amen. 
Jesus made the provision. Now, to lay a solid foundation, because I see a lot of new faces here tonight, you've got to lay a solid foundation, because where did sickness, disease, bondage, where did all this junk come from, right? We need to know, because after all, if it's from God, we're fighting against God, right? If it's not, we got something to stand on. Here's the deal. Sickness, disease, and bondage, and all of the junk, the curse, entered in through uh, the when Adam and Eve sinned against God. Right? They ate the forbidden fruit. Guess what? They opened up the floodgates for the curse to come in. All right? So, you need to know that. So, you could say it this way. Sin was the gate that allowed the curse to enter this earth and into mankind's life. Amen? So here's the problem. Here, here's the that's the problem. Here's the solution. Jesus cured the sin problem. Are you following me? And he cured the curse problem. Now Jesus is referred to in Romans chapter five as the second Adam. The first Adam. Oh boy, are we going to have a talk when I get to heaven one day? Amen. Man, we're going to have it out for a little bit, okay? Because he's caused a lot of pain in this earth. Amen. But Jesus is referred to in Romans 5 as the second Adam. Say second Adam. And he came to reverse the curse. Say that with me. Reverse the curse. I like that. I like things that rhyme like that. I think that's pretty cool. Amen. But we as Christians now are living under the new covenant, which the word of God, by the way, refers to as this. You ready for this? The new and better covenant. The new and better covenant. Man, come on, we got to take hold of this. If God healed under the old covenant, he's not going to take it away under this new and better covenant. In fact, he's going to make it easier. We complicate it. You following me? All right. So. Here, let me give you some scriptures here. Listen to this. I, I took a whole bunch of verses about healing from the Old Testament. You want to hear these? Listen to this. This is under the Old Testament, all right? I am the Lord that heals you. I will take sickness away from the midst of you, and the number of your days I will fulfill. I turn the curse into a blessing be, unto you because I love you. I have heard your prayers, and I have seen your tears. I will heal you. I will give you strength and bless you with peace. I will preserve you and keep you alive. Man, I like that. Amen. I am the health of your countenance and your God. No plague shall come near your dwelling. I will satisfy you with long life. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. I forgive all your iniquities and heal all, amen, all your diseases Oh, I ain't done yet. This is the Old Testament, people. I sent my word and healed you and delivered you from your destructions. You shall not die but live to declare the works of the Lord. I heal your broken heart and I bind up your wounds. The years of your life shall be many. Trusting me brings health to your navel and marrow to your bones. My words are life to you and health to all your flesh. Man, this is, a, this is some good stuff, right? My good report makes your bones fat or healthy. My joy is your strength. The eyes of the blind shall be opened. The eyes of them that see shall not be dim. The ears of the deaf 
shall be unstopped or opened. Amen? Amen. The lame man shall leap as a deer. You restored me to health and let me live. I give you power. I give power to the faint and strength to them that have no might. To your old age and gray hairs, I will carry you. I will deliver you. I ain't done yet, people. I bore your sicknesses. I carried your pains. With my stripes, you are healed. I have seen your ways and I will heal you. Behold, I will bring health and a cure and I will cure you and will reveal unto you the abundance of peace and truth. Anybody in here need peace? Seek me and you shall live. Come and return unto me. I will heal you and I will bind you up. And, but, unto you that, but unto you that fear or reverence my name shall I arise with healing in my wings. Friends, that's just a little part of the healing scriptures in the Old Testament. All of it was from the Old Covenant. How much more? Say how much more. How much more under this new and under this better covenant? Amen? Come on, let that faith rise up on the inside of you tonight. Throw away, I'm asking you to do this, throw away every negative mindset that you have ever had about divine healing, that you've ever had about the deliverance ministry, that you ever had uh, about miracles. Uh, Have you ever heard someone say, God's not doing miracles today? That's a lie from the pits of hell. Oh, he's still doing it. The same God that parted the Red Sea, that's the God who you pray to. That's the God, come on, who you are supposed to be believing, amen? I don't care what it is. Is it cancer, leukemia? What? I don't care what it is. He can part that sea. Amen? Here's what I want to tell you. God wants to rewire your thinking tonight. He wants you to renew your mind with what His Word says about this topic. Not with dead religion. Not with flesh that has contaminated your mind. Amen? I mean, there's so much dead religion. You know, I, I, sometimes I hear Christians say, we talk about going out and evangelizing to people or something. They're like, eh, most people have heard the gospel. No, you know what they heard? A bunch of dead religion. They haven't heard the real gospel. Amen? There's power in the real gospel. Come on, somebody. But if you're here tonight and need a healing, you need deliverance from an addiction, bondage, emotional wounds. Just know, I'm telling you right now, you're in the right place tonight. By the way, let's touch on that. Deliverance from demonic spirits is what the Bible says. Jesus said this. He said, it's the children's bread. You know what that means? It belongs to Christians. Those who are in covenant with God through Jesus Christ. But we know that the enemy, he is a thief. Jesus said he's a thief, right? They do not leave willingly. In fact, it says in the word that they must be cast out. Someone needs to evict them out of a person's life. They don't leave. They're, they're like that squatter. They're like that, ba- that person that's horrible that you're renting to. You know what I mean? You've you got you to gotta go through the court system. You've got to do all these things because this person is just crazy. How do I get this person out of, me? Out of, out of here? Amen? But we need to evict the devil out of your life. You need to evict that sickness and disease out of your life tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen? So casting out demons, by the way, is a part, say part, of the healing ministry. 
In fact, there's several scriptures that talk about when the demon left a child, when the demon left an individual, it said they were healed. They were healed. So deliverance ministry is a part of the healing ministry. In fact, if you have a healing ministry and you're neglecting casting out demons, you have a very incomplete ministry. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you're very frustrated in ministry. Are you hearing me? So that means if a demon is present in your life, in your, see, a demon can be in a Christian's body, right? Or their soul. I didn't say their spirit. Your spirit man is what's born again. It's, it, are you hearing me? Your spirit man's where the Holy Spirit lives in you when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. But they can affect your soul, mind, will, and emotions. Anybody feel like they have a demon sometime with their emotions? Anybody ever feel like there's a compulsion just to do something? In the back of your mind, you're saying, why am I acting like this? Like a rage or an anger rises up and like, where is this coming from? I'm telling you, they need to be evicted in the name of Jesus. So here's the deal. So if getting rid of a demon brings healing, it means if you have a demon, a demon inside of a person creates a very toxic environment. Say toxic. And it leads to bondage. All right. But there are times, by the way, where a sickness, a disease or a bondage is specifically is the direct result of a demon spirit in that person. And that person will not be healed unless that demon leaves. But, you know, you know, pastors and in all of us churches and denominations, we want to sit around and argue about this, whether a Christian can have a demon rather than take care of the problem. Are you hearing me? This is why a deliverance ministry is so important in a local church. If the demonic spirits are not dealt with in a person's life, the person will continue to struggle emotionally and then even physically. See, Christians need to rise up. Say, I'm going to rise up. We have allowed demons to have a field day in our churches. We have allowed demons to go undetected in the body of Christ. We need to, uh, you know, in, in us doing that, you know, I, it's hard to say, there is some individuals, some, some people who love the Lord that have committed suicide. Why? Because they felt hopeless. Nobody could help them. But they never gave the deliverance a shot. Nobody ever told them. Their leader, their pastor never told them. Although you can read through most of the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you'll see Jesus cast demons out everywhere he went. His first demon he cast out, guess where it was? In a church. Sorry, did I spit on you? It was in a church, people. All right? This has to start happening again. We've got to bring back the mission that Jesus called the body of Christ to do. Amen? But listen, you are in a safe place tonight. You're in a place where the atmosphere is charged with faith in here. And I'm telling you right now, I feel the anointing. I mean, all things are possible. But believe him. Just very simple. Will you believe him tonight? Put your guard down and allow your heart to be softened toward him. Amen? Healing, deliverance, miracles. Let your heart be open. I don't care what happened in your past, what experience you've been through. If you're going to focus on the natural realm, you're, li- you're going to live a life of defeat. 
Because faith is based not on the natural, but on the spiritual, which I'm going to talk about here in a moment. The title of my message tonight is this. What you magnify will multiply. What you magnify in your life you're going to multiply. Listen, your thought life, okay, let's talk a little bit of the thought life because you're never going to get to that point where you're going to receive unless there's a shift in your thought life about this topic, all right? So your thought life is very powerful. The problem with that is this. The devil knows it and most Christians don't. That's why the devil fights so hard to get in your thought life, all right? Listen to this. Meditation is a spiritual law. Now, I know some people hear that. They're like, okay, where's this guy going? No. Meditation, by the way, the Bible talks about meditating on the word. Amen. What happened? New age, like I always say in Sunday services, new age and, and all the, you know, the junk out there. They've taken a spiritual law and they twisted it. Now, when I say a spiritual law, this is what I mean. If something is a spiritual law, it means it can be used for righteous purposes or it can be used for evil purposes. It's a neutral thing that can swing one way or the other. All right. So your thought life, meditating, meditation, what you're thinking about, what, come on, you're magnifying in your thought life. All right. Ephesians 4.27 tells us this. Don't give place to the devil. Now, A huge part of that is your thought life. Say, my thought life's important. Here's the deal. Oh, this is going to get good. Hold on, people. All right. Biblical meditation means that you are filling your thought life with the Word of God, and you're filling it so much. You're filling your thought life so much that it spills out of your mouth. Now you're starting to speak in line with the Word. You're not just thinking about the Word. It's so overwhelming in your thought life that you're starting to speak in line with the promises in the Word of God. Are you following me? All right. So in other words, biblical meditation means this. You... And me, we're taking control of our own thought life. Are you following me? Now listen to this. Wrong meditation means that you're giving control of your thought life to demons and the flesh. All right? And you're speaking against what the Word says. That's wrong meditation, all right? So so here's what happens. Demons operate by controlling you. Now, I want you to notice something. Biblical meditation is where you're taking control. You're running the show. Say, I'm running the show. The The other meditation, they empty themselves. They empty their thought life and they give place to demons to direct their thought life. They don't have control over it. The devil does. Are you seeing the difference? Now, here's the deal. So that's why... If you're thinking on the wrong thing, forget about the trans, transcendental meditation junk and new age. This comes right down to our level now. This is when we're thinking negative thoughts. Are you following me? This, is, this, is, this comes right down to our level now. So demons operate by control and eventually it leads into bondage or what the Bible calls a stronghold. All right? We got to pull down some strongholds. That's why the thought life is so important. All right? Both kingdoms, listen to this, both kingdoms operate through the thought life. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Both kingdoms want your thought life. 
They operate through the thought life. You will manifest, listen to this, you will manifest the fruit of the kingdom that you allow to fill your thought life. Now, let me tell you something. Are you ready for this? Here's some deeper stuff here. I don't like to say it, but it proves my point. I was with my kids in a, in a game store, and we're just kind of looking at games, Monopoly and all this, and we come across the Ouija board. I look at the back of this thing. I'm like, okay, let's see what this thing says. On the back of it, do you know how to play that thing? You put your hands on this thing, and it says, think really hard about a question. Listen to me. The Ouija board is real. If you've ever played the Ouija board, you've opened yourself up to demons. Are you fo- I'm telling you right now. All right, any involvement with the occult, you might want to seek out some deliverance and breaking of curses. Amen? But my point is this. The enemy has taken the spiritual law and twisted it. Did you follow me what the instructions are on that Ouija board? Fill your thought life. Think about something. And, and, and then it moves. People, like, people are like, oh, Ouija boards, those aren't real. Oh, they absolutely are. I, I've known of people, friends of mine back in high school who played with them, and they, they played in the middle of the night. When they woke up the next morning, all the car windows were smashed in, and, and a whole bunch of weird things happened. You're giving place to demons if you, I'm telling you right now. You know how we pray, and we praise and worship seeking the Lord, and it, and you, it, it invites His presence? The same way you can invite the wrong kingdom. That's why I said, that's why I said, you will manifest the fruit of the kingdom that you allow in your thought life. That's the power of getting the word of God on the inside of you. Now you know why the enemy fights so hard when you go to open the word of God. Now you know, because the enemy knows there's power in your thought life. And he wants it. He wants control of it. He wants it bad. Amen? But Ephesians 4.27, don't give place to the devil. Amen? So that's why you hear negative Christians always talking about what the enemy is speaking to them. Have you ever been around a Christian that they're saying, oh, the devil's telling me this. Oh, now the devil's telling me this. It's like, my goodness, you ever hear from the Lord? But here's what happened. They're here real good from the devil though, right? I mean, man, they're tuned in. Hello, Tokyo, right? I mean, they can, they can uh, word by word, man, they can type out everything the devil's telling them, but they just can't hear God. You want to know why? Because they're tuned in. To the wrong kingdom. And what you're tuned into, the kingdom you're tuned into, is the one that will manifest in your life. That's the one you're going to hear from. And listen to this. This, I'm, this is some good teaching tonight. This is solid teaching. Listen. You can only be tuned in to one kingdom at a time. You're only tuned into one. So what one are you tuned into right now? Now, it's just like here. There's radio waves going all through this building right now, right? We turn on a radio. You can tune into a station, a frequency, and hear a certain station. What frequency are you tuned into in the kingdom? What kingdom are you giving place to? Now, so you can only be tuned into one kingdom at a time. That is why, listen, that is why you can't worry or fear and trust God at the same time. It's one kingdom at a time. What one are you giving place to? The kingdom that you're tuned into 
Come on, listen to this. The kingdom that you are tuned into will affect or infect your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. And because of that, it will manifest fruit in your physical body. Okay, here we go. How does this all tie into healing, Pastor James? Here's how. Because your thought life is directly connected to the manifestation of what you see on the outside and what's going on in your physical body. The physical body, listen to this. This is powerful. That your physical body is simply a snapshot or the clay of what's taking place or being created in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. You're, you're, you know that? You're, you're just, your body, your physical body's clay. You know that? Right? You're, you're made of dirt. We're all made of dirt, right? Our physical body. All right? So your thought life is creating what's taking place in the clay of your physical body. You ever hear that before? Isn't that an interesting way to put it? Put it? The Holy Ghost gave that to me when I, was, when I was writing this. Even science has proved, listen, that negative thinking, negative emotions releases harmful chemicals in your physical body that increases the chances of sickness and disease. Negative thinking lowers your immune system. This is science. I'm not talking about uh, Billy Graham talking about this. I'm talking about this is atheist unbelievers. They're the ones confirming this. It lowers, this is interesting. It lowers the immune, immune system, which God created to fight sickness and disease in your body. Here's another one. Here's an, that's just another proof of that God's will is to heal. He created us that when a sickness or a disease, an infection, something touches your body that shouldn't be there, immediately cells run to that spot. Your immune system says, we need to attack that thing. Now that was made and put in there by God himself. Yes. And you're telling me it's not God's will to heal you? Are you following? I mean, you see what I'm saying? Negative emotions absolutely affect the function of your body and organs. Listen to this. Your cells, your cells, your organs respond to your thought life and to your spoken words. Your cells, your organs are just waiting to hear what's going to come out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Amen? The enemy knows... I I feel like I'm just dropping one truth bomb after another here. I love that. The enemy knows that if they can negatively affect your emotions, it will break down your physical body. Because why? What you magnify will multiply in your life. Jesus said in John 10.10, like I mentioned earlier, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy The enemy steal, kills, and destroys. Are you ready for this? Like the song we sang, from the inside out. I guarantee you, if you have have something going on in your body, there's something that we need to shift in your thought life. Say shift. Shift. Say shift happens. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. It needs to happen. Amen? All right. You guys, get your minds out of the gutters. We're talking about the thought life here. All right. So this is why God tells us 
to guard our heart. Listen to this. You want to hear the next part of this, which is so interesting? God tells us to guard our heart for out, say out. Out of it flows the issues of life. Notice from the inside out. From your soul, from on the inside, it affects your physical body on the outside. What takes place in your heart spills out to your body, your physical body. When the spirit of fear, let's talk about anybody ever deal with fear in this place? Come on. When the spirit of fear attacks a person, the first room that the spirit of fear takes hostage in is what? Your imagination. Immediately, you're thinking about the worst case scenario. The doctor leaves you a message and says, call him back. Immediately, you're thinking, I better call that funeral home right now. Man, I got to start getting things in order in my life. Are you following me? Come on, someone got a truth bomb there, a revelation. Right? Immediately, our mind, we got to retrain our mind to go into the positive toward the Word of God and not the negative. We're giving too much place to the devil. We're giving too much power. We're giving him too much authority. And that's why the body of Christ is a stinking mess right now. We're giving him place. Exactly what God says not to do. A spirit of fear. You ready for this? Here's some more truth bombs. A spirit of fear will always magnify the problem and play a movie in your imagination of the worst-case scenario. Uh, That's interesting. Your imagination is a movie screen. Who are you allowing to play... uh, Who are you giving place to of that movie screen? The kingdom of God or the kingdom of Satan? The first step in receiving healing is that you must take back your thought life. And in particular, let's start with the imagination. Amen? Amen? Now, the, the imagination is not bad. Again, listen, the devil didn't create anything. The devil takes what God created and he twists it. He perverts it. He's a pervert. Are you following me? The devil's a pervert. He perverts things, all right? God created the imagination realm, and he said, I want you to use the imagination for godly purposes. David and Goliath, I can guarantee you, before he went and fought that giant, he seen victory in his imagination, on the movie screen of his imagination. Amen. Joshua and Caleb, when they went in, when the 12 spies went in, 10 came back and said, we can't do this. So they seen defeat in their imagination. But Joshua and Caleb said, we can do it. We're going to take this land. We need Christians who are going to say, I want to take this land back. Amen. Oh, I'm talking about this land and this land. Amen. Quit voting Democrats in, by the way. All right. Come on, somebody. Now, as long as the enemy is holding your thought life and imagination captive, it will be impossible to believe for healing. All right? Now, so there must be a shift in the thought life. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a normal pastor. I talk about those things. I know. So many people get offended when they hear a pastor saying that. You want to know why? Because there's too many cowards out there not talking about it. Let's raise up the body of Christ. You don't vote for people who are for abortion and homosexual marriage and and all this trash. Come on, somebody. If we're Christians, we promote God's agenda. Come on. Amen. 
Let's stop being cowards about this stuff. And let's train the body of Christ on how to do this. Part of living a holy life is voting right. Using it right. Don't vote in these demons to... uh, Come on, somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said it. Now, 2 Timothy 1.7. Let's get back to this topic here. If you want to hear more, come back on Sundays, okay? Uh, Oh, I got to go to 2 Timothy here. All right, 2 Timothy 1.7. And it says this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What that scripture is literally doing, it's comparing a demonic spirit of fear to the Holy Spirit. Did you notice that? A spirit that God gave us. The Holy Ghost. It's comparing there. Amen? I love what God tells us in the beginning of that verse. He says, That God did not give us the spirit of fear. So here's what it means. In other words, anything that produces fear or this, that magnifies a negative situation in your life is not from God. Oh, is God trying to tell me something? No, 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 no. Let's use, use common sense here. Are you following me? See, God's into wanting to see you healed. God's into wanting to see you prosper. Amen. Again, he didn't send Jesus to this earth to put a curse on you. He put him on here to take it off. Now, Jesus made the provision. Say provision. He made the provision. Now you've got to tap into that provision. The the Word of God says that uh, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. Is the whole world saved right now? What do they got to do? They got to tap in by faith. And the same goes with every promise in the Word of God. It's not automatic. You're going to be sitting around and, and getting becoming a punching bag for the devil your whole life. If you're going to sit around, God, if you want me to have this, you're going to have it. God's saying, you fool. (laughs) Tap into it. Amen. So we can rule out all those negative thoughts that they might be from God. All right. And then it goes on to tell us uh, what is from him. Power, love, and a sound mind. Say sound mind. Man, I like that. Amen. So he's telling us whatever negative situation you're facing right now in your life, that God has given us his Holy Spirit that has power, that has ability, a willingness to override that negative situation. But here's the problem. You ready for this? The Holy Spirit's referred to as the helper, not the doer. Oh, that's a revelation right there. We're waiting for the Holy Ghost to do something. But we're the doers of the word, according to James. When we start doing, the Holy Ghost starts helping. That's why I said this. I said many people, I've seen some statuses on Facebook a while back that said, God is my captain. The Holy Ghost is my captain. I said, no, he's your co-pilot. He's not running your life. You are. You're making decisions for your life. The question is, are you listening to your co-pilot? Or are you an arrogant captain and full of pride doing your own thing? I flew for a while, so I've flown with some prideful captains, some jerks. Are you hearing me? We still got to love those jerks, are you, you know, right? But let's be human about it. They're jerks, right? A lot of them. All right. Now, <laughs> you, you just got to be real about these things. Why, why do I, you know, why do we want to put on a face, oh, I'm a pastor. Come on, give me a break. Let's be real. The, the, the reason why the body of Christ is in such a mess, because we put on this stoic, you know, as if. 
No, they're jerks. There's a lot of jerks out in this world that we have to deal with. Amen. We still got to love those jerks. Now, here's the deal. Listen to this. Oh, I got to give you a little. We're, we're called to love those jerks. But you don't have to like them. That's not even in my notes tonight. Listen, there's going to be. They, see, that's why me and Marianne, we have a great marriage, right? I always say, you know, I like you. I don't just, you know, I love her. That means, oh, I got to provide for her. I got to do the, uh, you know. I actually like her. Right? That's how a marriage should be. You should like your spouse, right? We're commanded to love. You're not necessarily going to like everybody. Come on, somebody. Where was I? Uh, Let me find out here. (laughs) So the Holy Spirit loves and cares for us and is willing to help in our time of need. A sound mind. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit is always trying to bring us back to have a sound mind. And that means, that literally means this, a disciplined mind. We got, that's the Holy Ghost trying to reel you back. And you ever feel like your thought life is just way out of control? And all of a sudden you, you feel on the inside the brakes being put on, right? That's, that's the work of the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost trying to minister to you, amen? See, here's the, here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is the enemy of the spirit of fear, all right? So many verses in the Word of God talk about fear and, and fear not. God says, I, I say this all the time, It says, fear not, 365 times in the word. One fear not for every day of the year. Do you think God's trying to tell his people something? Come on. So so why would he do that? Why would God tell us, one fear not a day? Listen to this. First of all, he knew this. He knew that would be a weakness in our human nature to fall into fear mode by default. He knew that. So it's a war. It's... It's an encouragement, but it's a warning. Fear not. He knew. He knew by default the fleshly nature is going to fall into fear. Secondly, he knows that falling into fear or focusing on or magnifying the wrong kingdom will manifest fruit from that kingdom in your life. So when God says fear not, he's literally saying, listen, trust me, don't fear or you're going to invite this bad stuff into your life. And I don't want you to do that. Come on. Isn't that good? He's looking out for us. Anywhere there's a command in the word of God, remember this. There's a weakness to go in that direction. And God's saying, be alert. Be alert. I'm warning you. Come on. But God didn't just stop there. He tells us what to fill our thought life with. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4. You guys done? You ready to go home? All righty. Great. That's what a pastor likes to hear. Oh, by the way, we want to welcome everyone watching online around the world right now on Facebook. Amen. We're having a good old time here in Carroll, Michigan. Ah, glory to God. All right. Philippians 4, 6 through 8. And it says, be anxious for nothing. Come on. This is not just an encouragement. This is a command. Come on. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, 
Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report. Are you kind of getting the feel of this, son? If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things, these things. He's telling us, you know what God's telling us? Your thought life's pretty important. Come on, somebody. Don't give place to the devil. So it says, be anxious for nothing or stop giving in to fear. By the way, if God tells you not to fear, guess what? You have the ability not to do it because God's not unjust. God's not going to ask you to do something that you're not able to do. If he says fear not, it means you don't have to fall into it. Think about that. It's our responsibility. Now, prayer and supplication. So it says prayer supplication means this, a pressing in or more, more persistent prayer. Amen. Maybe you got to pray a little bit more about that situation that's going on in your life. And then it says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then, I like the result of that, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So that peace, listen to me, don't lose me on this because I'm getting into a revelation that's going to rock some people's world here. The peace will surpass your understanding because... It is spiritual, and your natural mind, your flesh, can't comprehend it. This peace that the Word of God's talking about is spiritual. Say spiritual. That's why we need to maintain a spiritual mindset. That's why, you know, the Word of God talks about a carnal Christian. That means you're constantly focused on the natural realm. Poor me, all this, blah, 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 right? Get your focus off of that. Amen? We are commanded to think or meditate on whatever things are true. Here we go. Oh, my goodness. Get ready. This is powerful. There are facts and there is truth. Say facts. Truth. Truth is talking about spiritual reality in Christ. The provision that Christ made. Are you following me? All right. Now listen to this. In fact... In connection to all the things listed in verse 8 that I just read, the Holy Spirit, when I read that, the Holy Spirit said this, meditate on anything that is connected to the Word of God and the kingdom of God, and you'll be all right. You'll be safe. Now, why? Because there's all those things listed in verse 8, they're spiritual things. They have nothing to do with the natural realm. Oh, my. Now, the fact, the fact is this. If you have a, a sickness or an infirmity in your body, listen to this. The fact, the natural fact is that there is an infirmity in your body, right? Faith doesn't deny that. Are you following me? I mean, if you got it, you got it, right? How, if you got something, you let us know and we pray for it. How are we going to know if you don't tell anyone, right? We got to use some common sense here, right? The fact is there's an infirmity, sickness, or disease in your body. But the truth, say truth, truth. is that Jesus took stripes for your healing. And it says in 1 Peter 2.24 that you were healed. It points back to the cross. In other words, the provision is there. Take hold of it. The provision's available and it's been completed. The real cool thing is in Isaiah 53, it says that you are healed. Come on. This is interesting. And then in 
in First uh, Peter two twenty four it says you were healed, pointing back to it. Now here's what's interesting. The Holy Ghost showed me this. I said, why does it say you are healed? Jesus hasn't even come yet. This is a prophetic word from Isaiah about Jesus. You, you want to know what scripture he brought to my mind? You ready for this? Revel, oh, Revelation 13, 8. Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. It was a spiritual reality. Say spiritual reality. Come on, I'm digging here. I'm going deep, somebody. I want to dig into these wells of salvation. Are you following me? So listen, here is where many Christians get tripped up in receiving their healing. Here it is. This is huge. Listen to me. You ready? They mistake the infirmity or the sickness or disease for being truth instead of a natural fact. Oh, some of y'all didn't hear me on that. Hold on. How can I? Uh, Okay, ready? Ready? Get ready again. Here we go. Many Christians mistake the infirmity in their body for being the truth instead of just a natural fact. They twist them around. See, here's the deal. Did you know, I'm a pilot, of course. Did you know that there is a law of gravity? Did you know that? Anybody here know that? That's right. I can jump off here and I'm sure going down, especially now. Okay, I get it. But listen. Listen to this. So there is a law of gravity, and it works. Amen? But did you know that there's a law of lift that overrides the law of gravity? Oh, come on, somebody. The Word of God, the truth in the Word of God will override the facts in the natural if you will just believe. Come on, somebody. The truth is always referring to spiritual realities or promises in Christ. Let me say that again. The truth is always referring to spiritual realities, what Jesus gave us through Him. Jesus said this, that He is the way, I find this very interesting, the truth and the life. In John 15, Jesus talks about the vine and tells us to remain connected to Him. He's talking about in our thought life. Keep him in your thought life. And, and someone's saying right now, wait a minute, isn't he talking about actions? Stay connected to him in your actions, living a holy life? Well, sure he is. Yeah. But your actions are dictated by your thought life. There's not one thing you haven't done that didn't first run through your thought life. No, the devil didn't make you do it. You chose to do it. You following me? Faith always involves action. But first, faith begins in your thought life. Listen to this. Faith takes hold of the promises of God or the truth above what is happening in the natural realm with facts. Oh, here's another one. Okay, here we go. Listen to this. Fear. Let's go back to talk about fear real quick. Fear magnifies facts in the natural realm. Do you find that out yet? Listen to this. Fear magnifies facts in the natural realm, but faith magnifies truth in the spirit realm through Christ. Do you follow that? I'm, I'm telling you, if you will let this become a revelation, it will change your whole walk. Right? Come on, somebody. Fear magnifies facts in the natural realm, and faith magnifies truth in the spirit realm through Christ. 
Now, real quick, let's drive this point home. Go to Romans chapter 4 as I'm getting close to finish here. Give you guys a little hope. But doggone it, I'm going to finish this teaching because people need to hear it. And, yeah, I know I'm saying a lot of things and some things are going like this. Some things are sticking in your heart. Some things are going to... You know what? It's, go to livingwaterschapel.org. You can listen to it at a later time. Or go to our YouTube page and watch the, the service after. Amen? Romans chapter 4, 19 through 25. And not being weak in faith, he, Abraham, did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced. King James says persuaded. I like King James there. That what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. And it was, um, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised, uh, raised because of our justification. Now, Here's the point I want to make. It says that Abraham was not weak in faith. All right? So that means that he obviously had strong faith. Do you agree with that statement? What are the characteristics of strong faith? Well, we listed some in this account here. It said that he did not consider the natural facts of his own body or the deadness of Sarah's womb. Do you follow that? Say facts. Facts will deceive you every time in the natural realm. It will steal your healing. It will steal your peace if you're just focusing on the natural realm. All Abraham considered was the truth in the spirit realm and what God promised. Amen? He was strengthened in faith by giving glory to God. He gave glory to God before he seen anything in the natural. Abraham was a hundred years old. Sarah's womb was dead as a doorknob, people. Are you following me? But he gave glory. Why? Because God promised it. <laughs> God, now here's what, what baffles me. So, God spoke it to him, right? God is a spirit, right? Worship him in spirit and truth. So he believed the truth of what God spoke in the spirit realm. Now, do you believe the truth in the spirit realm about what Jesus did for you? Faith rejoices before the natural manifestation. What you magnify in your life will multiply. What kingdom are you focused on? If you, if you magnify the sickness or disease, it will multiply. If you magnify the promises in the word, that will multiply. What are you focused on? Now, weak faith or no faith would consider then. We talked about what strong faith is. But weak faith or no faith would consider the impossible facts in the natural realm. Are you in a situation where you feel like things are impossible right now? Man, you've done everything you could do, right? You've been to all these doctors and just nothing is helping, right? God wants to step in. But you've got to let him in. You've got to believe him. Abraham was fully convinced. 
and persuaded what God promised would come to pass. The question is, are you fully persuaded? Are you fully convinced that Jesus, what he paid for by his shed blood and the stripes on his back? So get your eyes off of the natural realm. Uh, Now, I'm not saying we deny you have something. Faith doesn't deny the problem. Faith denies its right to stay there. You following me? Some people gotten real kooky about faith in the past, right? The whole, you know, people just kind of get off the rails. But, but there is a truth to this, that you have to be somewhat blinded to the natural realm and focused on the Word of God and magnify what the Word of God says. Many Christians, listen to this now, I want to end on this one. Many Christians are magnifying guilt and condemnation. They don't feel like they're worthy to be healed. They think they've done too much junk in their life. You, you follow me? You ever meet someone like that? Maybe it's you. I don't know, right? You feel like, yeah, yeah, God doesn't want to deliver me. He doesn't want to. I, I've done too many bad things. Well, first of all, let me just wreck your pity party here. Uh, none of us deserve it. Right? And it's available because of the grace of God. None of us deserve it. Now, I want to show you something powerful that just blew my mind. It's something so simple, but it's one of those things that the Holy Spirit just illuminated. You ever do that? You read the Word and just something jumps out at you like, wow, woo, man, I've never seen it like that before. All right, go to John chapter 5 here. John chapter 5. Let me show you something that is going to help people's faith on this. If you feel like you've done too much, too many wrong things, you don't deserve to be healed. You, you don't deserve to be delivered. God's too mad at you. You've done, you've done too much. You know, someone says, I've done too much. I don't deserve another chance. Let me wreck your pity party. You didn't even deserve the first chance. You understand that? God sent Jesus while mankind was cursing him. We didn't deserve any of this. Come on, somebody. John 5, 1 through 9. After this, there was a, a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there, now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. By the way, five is the number of grace. Isn't that interesting? In these, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, say first, after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. That's a long time, isn't it? When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool. (laughs) He just starts complaining right off the bat. Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. Remember, five porches, number of grace. Man, that's interesting. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Now, 
This man had an infirmity 38 years. Think about this. His life was filled with negativity. You ever meet someone who had an infirmity for so long and they are just the crotchetiest people you'll ever meet? Right? I mean, just like, whoa, man, there's some bitterness up in there, right? Come on. So this, this man, I mean, can you imagine the condition of this guy's emotions? Let's get real about it, right? He tried getting into the pool, but people kept overriding him. Man, there's some rude people, isn't there? <laughs> he, felt, he felt defeated and thought he would have to live with the infirmity for the rest of his life. But Jesus come along. Oh, I love this. Jesus came along and he asked this guy a question. He said, do you want to be made well? Do you know what Jesus was trying to do? He was trying to shift this guy's thought life. Because this infirmity, remember in the last healing service, I said many people who had an infirmity for an extended period of time, many times it becomes a part of them. It's just who they are, right? Everywhere they go, they got to tell people what they have. Are you following me? It becomes who they are. It becomes part of their identity. It becomes ingrained on the inside of their thought life. But Jesus asked them, do you want to be made well? Now, listen to this. Your soul, mind, will, and emotions is the gateway that allows healing to flow in your body and soul. Listen to this. Renewing your mind is to open the gate to be healed. And you ministering healing to others as well. That was a little side note the Holy Ghost gave me. But here's the deal. In verse 14, Jesus found the healed man. So Jesus healed this man, right? And then Jesus, it said he found the man by the temple. And it says something very interesting. Look at verse 14. This is the last verse I'm reading tonight. Verse 14. It says, Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Now, I've read this verse probably thousands of times. Let me show you something. The Holy Spirit illuminated this truth to me. Jesus told the man after he was healed. Say after. Jesus told this man to go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you, right? The powerful thing, the powerful truth that you need to know and understand, in main, it's, it's a powerful truth to know and understand to maintain your healing. But listen, this is what the Holy Ghost said to me. Jesus did not require the man to get right or do one holy work to earn his healing. Guys, listen, this rocked my world when I read it. Have you ever went to pray for someone and you, you know kind of junk in their past and you're like, oh, okay, here we go. Are you following me? Listen to this now. Jesus did not require the man to do anything to earn his healing. Removal, listen to this. Removal of sin is not a requirement to get healed, but it's a requirement, come on, to stay healed. I, I mean, this became illuminated to me like never before. Here's what happens. The fact is this. Many Christians have disqualified themselves from being healed and delivered because of their own thought life and the mess that they're in. But 
Healing is available to you right now. It's, this is what happens. God extends his promises to you. Ready for this? On credit. Is that not powerful? Speak, listen to me. So many people are sitting in their bondage, their infirmity, their, their, their sickness or disease, and they're thinking, I deserve this. I deserve it because I've been horrible. No, 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 no. Removal of sin is not required for you to get healed. But it is required for you to maintain it. And the Holy Ghost said this. It's just like getting born again. Right? It's, it's, you, nobody had, the worst sinner, right? The worst sinner in the world, uh, the, a murderer can come in here. And guess what? He can make Jesus Christ the Lord of his life. Like that, without doing one holy work. And guess what? Getting born again, salvation and healing, they're all in the same package. You do not have to earn your healing. Are you following me? So just like getting born again, you come as you are. You know, we always hear that, right? Come as you are and get saved. But there is a scripture that says... Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So you get saved on God's credit, but you got to maintain that. You do know the word says that your name can be blotted out of the book of life. I know it's not popular, but it's there. Are you following me? So listen, that was a powerful revelation to me. So here's the deal. When you come up here to get prayer tonight, I want you, whatever guilt, whatever condemnation, whatever you did, listen to me. We don't care. God doesn't care. Get up here. It's a new day. Come on, somebody. Now, you, so you need to put your faith out right now. Removal of sin is not requirement to get healed. Think about that. Is that not, I mean... I just seen angelic movement right over there by that light when I looked up. Wow. The, the presence of God is in this place. I'm telling you right now. And I'm telling you right now, there is an anointing for healing and miracles. Let's stand up in this place. So here's what I want to say to you. I want you to get your focus on Jesus. Get it off of, oh, poor old me and what I, I've been going through. I've been so bad. I don't deserve it. Make that shift in your thought life right now. Jesus did not require that man to do one holy work to get healed. Amen? Now, um, whew, wow, thank you, Lord. Now, real quick here. Maybe there's someone in this place you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Listen, you can come up here for prayer. You can get healed. But what does that matter if you leave here tonight and you lose your life and you go to hell for eternity, first things first, make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. If you've never done that, I want you to come up here. Maybe you, uh, you made Jesus Lord of your life a long time ago, but come on, let's face it. You don't have confidence if you let, took your last breath that you're going to go to heaven. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. I want you to come up and I want you to rededicate your life to the Lord tonight. So here's what we want to do. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, 
<laughs> come up to this line. We want to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit baptism. So here's what I'm going to do. I want to say thank you so much for coming tonight. Did everybody have a wonderful time? Did you learn something tonight? Take hold of it. Amen. Get connected to a good Bible-believing church if you're not in one already. And when you come up here, I want you to say to God, I'm going to receive my healing tonight. I'm going to receive my miracle tonight. I want those words to come out of your mouth. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to release everybody right now. If you don't want prayer, go home. Go to church tomorrow. Come on. This did not take the place of Sunday morning. Come on, somebody. (laughs) At your home church, wherever that may be. But the next healing service is October 15th. So mark it on your calendar. Thank you so much for coming. We love you. Everybody line up who wants prayer. We're going to get into this. I feel the anointing flowing right now. Have a great night, everyone. We love you. Praise God. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.